Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thank you, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are out there. Many of us today are going to spend time showing love to our amazing moms, but we also want to recognize that for some of you, it's also a difficult day for a wide variety of reasons. And so if Mother's Day is one of those tougher days for you, just know we see you too and we're praying for you today as well. I don't think it's ever been more rewarding and yet more difficult to be a mom than right now. Now granted, I don't have experience being a mother, right? But I do live with one and everything I'll be sharing today has the Shayna Bullard seal of approval on it. She's got the first-hand experience, of course, of being a great mom to our three amazing kids. But it is tough today to be a mom. There are so many competing elements in our world and different actors and organizations that are vying to raise your child for you. That's not to mention all the expectations that our culture puts on you to look and act a certain way or the financial pressures that lead you to partner with your husband in that role of provider or the unexpected role of that school project architect <laughs> where you're not only supervising, you're constructing a leprechaun trap with shoe boxes and paper mache and shoelaces and oh wait a minute that that's that's just my wife okay <laughs> every night when the kids are finally put to bed you sit down with your husband and as soon as you start to have a real adult conversation man you're out cold you're exhausted from the day-to-day -day operations of being a wife a mom and a provider there's a lot going on there but it's all certainly rewarding and there's nothing like you know holding your child for the very first time and seeing the toes and the fingers move and looking deep into those little newborn eyes and the weariness of just running around every day well it pays off when you get those good night hugs and kisses doesn't it makes your heart stop when your kid hits their first home run and then he scans for your eyes first to make sure you saw that hit in the stands. There's just so many reasons why being a mom, it's taxing, it's hard, it's draining, but regardless of how cliche it may sound, the rewards are priceless. Being a mom is an honor and a privilege, and, and once you're a mom, you are always a mom. It's no secret either that our culture is a hotbed of instability, so things are really volatile right now, and you know what's, what's right is wrong, and what's wrong is right, and what's up is you know down and what's down is up and just the pressures to be a mom in a predetermined manner that fits the culture mold well it's a whole lot greater today than any other point in our lifetime so without a doubt to be a godly mom today requires a strong faith and there's a mom in the bible who exhibits faith on a high level she lived during really turbulent times. Given what she was dealing with, I would say that you know her time period is much more turbulent than ours. She's not very well known, yet she makes the famous Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews. She's not mentioned by name, but she's alluded to in a very broad sense in that chapter. Today I want to introduce you to a mom named Jacobed. Hebrews 11, chapter 23, verse 24. It was by faith that Moses' parents, Amram and Jacobed, hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith 
that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now let's jump to the story the author is talking about here as found in the book of Exodus. Look at Exodus chapter 2, verse number 1. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married, and the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Pretty crazy scenario there, right? Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank with her. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to go get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Skip on down again, verse number seven. And the baby's sister, approached the princess. Shall I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. And so the girl went, and she called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother, and I will pay you for your help. And so the woman took her baby boy home and nursed him. Verse number 10. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. And the princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. All right. You've likely heard this story before, I'm sure. But in case you have not heard the story, you're not very familiar with it, um, the, Moses is a, a very important figure. And Jochebed, who you probably certainly haven't heard of, is really important because without Jochebed, there's no Moses. So who is she? Well, she doesn't have a whole lot about her in Scripture, but there are some decent information about her in teachings and commentaries from Jewish rabbis. So according to Jewish tradition, Jochebed is one of the midwives in Exodus chapter 1, her name's Shifra in that chapter, who saves the Jewish baby boys. So again, if you're not familiar with the story, Exodus 1 opens up with the Egyptians enslaving the Jews who've been living in Egypt now for at least a couple hundred years. The Jewish birth rate, it's far outpacing the Egyptians, and their fear is that the Jews may side with an enemy of Egypt if war broke out. So Pharaoh orders the enslavement of all the Jews and he orders the death of newborn Jewish boys. Now Exodus 1.15 introduces us to Shifra and Puah, who are Jewish midwives helping to deliver these babies. They're under strict orders to kill the boys that are born, which sounds really barbaric, right? I mean, the baby's born and they're supposed to kill it. You know, there's at least two states right now that have legislation making their way through the chambers that would actually allow after-birth abortions. If a baby's born and killed, that would constitute murder, right? But for those legislation pieces, it would allow that to be legal within a certain time period. I, I would say we're not as enlightened and progressive today as we are leading ourselves to believe, right? So at great risk to their own lives, Shifra and Pula refuse to follow Pharaoh's orders. They will not commit that act of murder. And so what God does, he blesses both the women and he gives them families of their own. Meanwhile, Pharaoh will order all the newborn Jewish boys to then be thrown into the Nile River. His own guys will come in there and do that. 
So Jochebed had a strong faith. And there's an old rabbinical saying that says, the oak has its roots around the rock, and the children of Jochebed had their roots around their godly mothers. So there's certainly a strong faith which she seemed to have had. And we know that because we have access to rabbinical teachings, yeah, but also because the author of Hebrews alludes to her faith in the chapter we just read. She's even placed in that famous chapter 11 with such giants as Abraham, Sarah, and, and Joseph. So what was it about Jacobed's faith that, that, that was so great? What did her faith produce that can help not just moms in our world, but really help all of us today, right? Let's start with this. She had a healthy fear of God, a healthy fear of God. There's a spiritual term for this. It's called reverence. Reverence is having a healthy fear and respect for God and who He is. Now, I, I don't know if we really understand today what reverence is, is like, especially in our culture. And by culture here, I'm referring to Christians and that kind of subculture we've created over the last several years. I'm not a big fan of using like super spiritual churchy language. I've always thought it's kind of ridiculous to speak differently in a church setting than how we talk outside of a church wall, you know? <laughs> so I think it's important that we stay true to ourselves and be normal. But that doesn't mean that we relegate God as being our, our, our buddy. Okay. There's an old praise song years ago called Friend of God, which is pretty good. I liked it. It sounded great. But it was theologically like way off base. Like God is not your buddy. He's not your pal. He's not your friend. Like he's God. He's the creator of the universe. He spoke and molecules and atoms came into existence that comprise different types of matter and creation. Like he's not a buddy. He's God. And so when we speak to God, we need to remember that. Like again, I'm not saying you change how you talk and use Shakespearean Victorian language. I'm just advocating that you remember when you pray, you're praying to the Lord, to God, the Creator Himself. He's to be respected, revered, and yes, He is to be feared in a healthy way. And a healthy fear is really a good thing. Proverbs 9, 10 tells us this, that fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. And knowledge of God results in good judgment. So Jacobet, she feared the Lord. And it was because she feared God that she made the decisions that were, that were wise, right? And in good judgment to let the Jewish boys live in Exodus chapter 1. And it was because she feared God that she hid her own son for as long as she could in chapter 2. And so I'm making remarks to the Jewish government who's working to stop the ministry of the apostles in Acts chapter 5. Peter goes on to say this, Acts 5.29, We must obey God rather than any human authority. So yeah, I mean, like you're supposed to submit the governing authorities. You, you should go the speed limit. You need to pay your taxes. You have to sit on jury duty, okay? Like you do what you're told, unless something happens where the government crosses that one line. And that line is not political. That line conflicts with serving and following the Lord. And it doesn't matter who's in office, be it Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. You follow God. You serve Him. Your allegiance is to Christ above all else. And so this is Jesus speaking to His disciples here. But listen to what He says in Matthew chapter 10. Check this out, Matthew 10, verse 28. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Fear God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. So I really believe that Jacobed had a faith that produced a very healthy, reverent fear of the Lord. And she refused to follow the Pharaoh's orders. When everyone else was running headlong in one direction, you might want to ask yourself kind of like, why, before you join them. 
Like, we don't know how many other midwives followed Pharaoh's orders. We don't know their names, but we know Jochebed, and we know her name because she took a stand and followed God. Jochebed's faith produced a healthy fear of the Lord. We talked about that. But it also produced a vision for the future. When she held Moses in her arms for the first time, she saw something different. Exodus 2, 2 says that he was special. When Stephen is recounting the story to the Jewish government in Acts chapter 7, verse 20, he says that she saw Moses had divine beauty. The author of Hebrews says in eleven twenty three, there was something unusual about Moses. So, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, okay? Because we're going to talk more about this next week. But what Jacobet saw in Moses was God-given potential. Every single person has God-given potential in their lives that's just waiting to be unleashed. She saw that potential. She saw greatness in Moses. Something within the depths of her soul told her this baby would do something great for God. You know, moms have a unique ability to see the future. Like, I don't mean they can serve as fortune tellers and that kind of thing. But I, what I mean is every mom whose heart is with her child, she can see something in them that only a mother can really see at first. It becomes clear to other people later on as the child grows. But from the very beginning, mom, oh, she can see it. She just knows. She can see vision. She can see glimpses of who this child is going to grow to be, of what they're going to be like, of what they might do. She can sense God's hand at work already. And as her child grows, she's reminded at different intervals of their lives who her son and daughter is becoming based on what she felt and saw from the moment she held that little baby in her arms. Moms have a vision for the future. My mom knew that I was going to be a pastor from the time that I was a baby. God spoke to her one night about it, and, and she kind of kept this to herself. She never once tipped it off to me. But as I grew up, she saw glimpses. She could see things here and there that reminded her of what God had already kind of shown her. I never knew it until a few years after entering into ministry. She knew, and she had that vision for the future. And it was that vision that led Jacobed to build this little basket. Think of how it was constructed, how intentional this basket was. She makes it out of papyrus reeds so that it can withstand contact with hard and soft objects. She cocks it with tar and pitch to waterproof it and help mask the odor that you know, pitch can give off. She placed it among the reeds, a very protected, safe place. Jewish tradition even says that she may have built a small wedding canopy because she wasn't sure if she would even see her son grow old enough to celebrate marriage and start his own family. And with a heavy heart, she places him in this basket and she lets go because she knows that she's done all that she can do. She's now entrusting God to do what she cannot. And what spurs her on, though, is this vision for the future. It's this greatness that God has placed in Moses. She can't put her finger on it. She can't place it. She just knows God has something great in store for her son. And she would do anything she can to ensure he lives that potential rather than have it snuffed out by the enemy. Can I tell you, man, that takes faith. It's why she's in that cloud of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 11. Her faith produced a vision for the future. And finally, you know what else it produced? A lasting legacy. We've talked about the idea of leaving a legacy a lot over the course of our first year here at Radiant. Everybody wants to leave a legacy because everybody wants to be remembered. The question, of course, is what will you be remembered for? Jacobed's legacy is been felt for countless generations across 3,000 years of history. 
And it started well before Moses was born, back to her days in Exodus chapter 1, with her refusal to kill Jewish boys. Jewish rabbis understood that God's blessing Shifra and Pua with families in Exodus chapter 1, verse 21, as the beginning of the priestly and royal lineages. So from Shifra comes the Levites, the Levitical priesthood. Her son Aaron was the first priest in Israel. All of Aaron's descendants were to serve in that role. In fact, her children, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, become spiritual leaders of Israel, leading the nation from Egypt into Canaan, which is today the modern nation of, of, of Israel. So we don't have, you know, details really, about how Jacobet raised her children, okay? Um, including that short time that she had with Moses. But Hebrews 11.23 does give us a clue, stating it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him. And again, in verse 24, we read this, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why did Moses refuse power and royalty? Was it solely a desire to connect with his own ethnicity, with the Jewish people? Or was there something more? One more clue. Hebrews 11, verse 27. Check this out. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Look at this. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Moses didn't learn about God from Pharaoh's daughter. He, he didn't have even a basic understanding of who God was from her. Any notion of God would have come from Jewish influence. And from what we know, Jacobah would have been the most likely source that we can tell from this early faith that Moses would have had in God. All the prayers she said over him while she cared for him, all the songs that she sang, all the stories of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, something stuck with Moses. Maybe he couldn't remember everything, right? But something stuck which the Spirit of God stirred within him and it impacted his life. And it impacted him so much, he recalled whose son he was. He recalled where he belonged. He recalled what God he was supposed to serve. Moms, kind of say, man, don't underestimate the influence you have, even on the youngest of your children. Your love and your care, man, it's felt. Your encouragement sticks forever. Your prayers make a difference. Your songs stay in our hearts. Your faith shapes us in ways we can't imagine, and it helps guide us in the direction that God has called us to go in. You're making an impact. Jacobed probably didn't live long enough to see the impact unfold. Moses was 80 years old, and he came back to lead Israel out of Egypt. She didn't see the plagues. She didn't see the seas part. She never saw the land that God was going to give to her people, but she didn't need to because she saw God's fingerprints on all three of her children, especially Moses. She had faith that God had destined him for something great. She trusted the Lord would care for her boy and use him in profound ways. She is a hero in the faith. I know this message is mostly geared towards moms, but there's so much we can take from this story. To have a faith as strong as Jacobed's in a world that's as crazy as ours, that's going to be crucial. So build a healthy, reverent fear of God in your life. There may come a time where you have to decide if you're going to obey God or man. Jacobed made that difficult choice to risk it all and obey the Lord. Will you be willing to do the same if that time comes? Have a vision for the future. We talked about how moms just kind of seem to know, right? They just seem to have this sense about their children 
But having a vision for the future is also seeing people not for who they are now, but for who God created them to be. It's seeing the God-given potential inside of them, seeing who they can be in Christ, and working to develop and draw that potential out of them, which, by the way, that's what a coach does. They develop and draw out potential in their players. That's what we do. It's called discipleship. Finally, keep in mind that you're leaving a legacy, whether you realize it or not. You're going to be remembered for something. So what's it going to be? So for Jochebed, well, she's remembered for her faith and for the impact and the lasting legacy her faith had in her kids and entire generations. Make the choice to leave a legacy grounded in faith. We'll talk more about this here in a few weeks. But as we wrap things up today, I'd like to pray for all our moms out there and then pray for all of us that we'll follow in Jochebed's footsteps that we too would have a strong faith. Lord, we love you. I thank you for every mom watching and listening here today. God, I pray for extra blessing and favor in their lives. It's so hard to be a mom in this world right now with all the things happening in our culture and our pressures and expectations. I pray, God, every mom out there finds both joy and she finds peace with you. Joy and peace. May they rest well in your arms, God, I pray. Lord, may you help them to remember that they have an impact they're making among their kids. They're making a lasting impact, God. And I pray, Lord, that they'll, they'll never discount all the tears, all the prayers, all the words of encouragement, all the, all the discipline even. You know, moms can discipline too. All the things they're doing to raise their kids to love and know you, Lord, may they not discount that because it's making a difference that's going to be felt far beyond this lifetime. I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would, we would make sure that we have a reverent fear, healthy fear of you, a vision for the future, seeing people, God, as you see them. Lord, and understanding we're leaving a legacy. It matters how we live. It matters what we do with this life because there's a, we're going to be remembered for something. We're leaving behind something. So may we leave behind a legacy of deep spiritual faith that impacts our kids and grandkids and future generations. May we be grounded in a strong faith like Jochebed was, Lord, and leave that powerful legacy. Thank you for every mom out there. Bless them today, I pray. And we are looking forward to how you're going to use them to change and impact their kids and future generations. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.